Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. This is Miracle Monday, August the 8th, 2016. Our calling number is 646. 646- 200-4169, press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions. We'll take questions towards the end of the show, but it makes it your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear hearts, and welcome, everybody. It's an honor once again to have you with us. And we are today focusing on some ideas from A Course in Miracles, and the conversation that seems to be up for folks is that of blame. And the the challenge, I'd like to just kind of briefly go through what the challenge of blame, what the act of blaming does to our world. You know, the Course repeatedly speaks about the world you see. The world you see, the world you see. And what we see is a world between our ears, painted on the inside of our eyeballs, based upon how we think about the world. And the Course uses the word world in two different ways here. It's important to distinguish which Uh, use of the word is embodied in a particular thought or a particular paragraph. So we've talked before about the CIA quote that backs up what we've been teaching for decades, that after spending millions studying perception, they come to the conclusion that, quote, from website of the CIA, a book that they publish on perception, that says we do not record reality. The mind does not record reality. The mind generates reality. So we each generate a reality, a world that we see, and we're going to refer to that as the lowercase world, based upon the way we think about the real world, the uppercase world, the world that the creator created. You know, the Course speaks about the creator loves the world, so it must not be the one that you love. So there are two worlds being spoken of here. The lowercase, individual perceptual world, the pictures quite literally painted on the inside of our eyeballs that reflect the content of our minds as a picture. And that picture, the Course at one point says, is apt to be very concrete. It looks really solid and physical and real. But in truth, it's just a picture between your ears that you overlay on the actual world. Now, the problem with blaming is that the human mind is a, an evidential device. Basically, it shows us only the evidence that we give it permission to show us. So if my words give my mind permission to believe that what's going on inside of me is caused by somebody or something outside of me, then I'm stuck in a place of blame. 
I'm stuck in a place where literally I will see a whole world where everybody else is the problem. Of course, you've probably heard me say more than once one of my favorite tongue-in-cheek lines. You'll notice if you've been through this 87 different times with 42 different people, you're the only one that was there every time. When you realize that you're the only one that was there every time, you realize that your perceptual world, which generates feelings, literally the thoughts that we hold, i.e. the thought of blame, you made me mad, if only you'd be different, things would be okay in my life, those thoughts literally generate pictures. We have a a digital to analog converter. Thought is digital. Thought is energetic by nature. And the mind converts our thoughts into literal pictures, the world that we see. So as long as I'm in the blame game, I'm saying to my mind, someone else made me this way, then my mind can only produce evidence that backs that up and literally shows me a picture world where I'm controlled by everything and everyone outside of me. Once I choose to take responsibility and collapse that world, what might that look like? Well, if I've been blaming others, then probably I've lived a life where I've experienced a tremendous amount of blame. And so if I've experienced a tremendous amount of blame, then in a situation where I've been blamed by others, my goal would be that of being seen as innocent or being able to see myself as innocent. And what the forgiveness process would look like in that case, and remember that in the Aramaic language, the word forgive is shebeg or shabak, it means to cancel. And because goals drive perceptions. a great line in The Course of Miracles that says, you must be aware of the distorting power of the way you want it to be. So if I want things to be a certain way, i.e., I want to be seen as innocent, then that driver resonates the file in my mind on being blamed. And so that brings forward a whole picture world where I'm the guilty one. I'm the one who's at fault. I'm the one who's to blame. Evidential mind. So if the content of my file on innocence and blame is it's always my fault, then the minute I load the goal to be innocent, I'm going to see myself out of those brain cells. I'm going to project an image of myself as being the one who's to blame. What forgiveness would look like in that case, which sounds silly at first to the intellectual mind, is I cancel my need to be seen as innocent. And when I cancel my need to be seen as innocent in that situation, what happens is I literally collapse the whole constructed perceptual world of being to blame, being guilty, being at fault. And when that collapses... I'm able to take the underlying hidden part of my mind, the part of my mind that I've dissociated from. You know, when, whenever we enter into denial, just a brief refresher there. When I live in denial, I think or speak, so you're the cause of what's happening inside of me. That which is causing what's happening inside of me, I have to hide from myself. And we call hiding that dissociation. So there's a cycle that happens. I speak as though you're the problem in my life. I dissociate from the thing inside of me that causes my pain. But as I dissociate and try to push it down, I literally set up an energy field that calls for somebody to come and do that very thing to me. You know, we've talked before about Marcel Vogel, 23-year senior scientist from IBM. Marcel had a camera in his laboratory with which to take a picture of the high energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought. So when I load a goal, consciously or unconsciously, to be seen as innocent, and in my file on innocence is all kinds of blame, then I don't want to feel the pain or the hurt of being blamed, so I dissociate from that. I hide that from myself. 
And by pressing down on it, I press out this high-energy wave that says to all the world, hey, world, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm the guilty party. Is there somebody here that could come along and make me feel guilty? And, of course, that call goes out. Somebody responds. And when someone responds and does the behavior of blaming me, they're going to resonate that whole file, so to speak, in my mind on being blamed. So now what's going to happen is all those brain cells, all the times I've been blamed and dissociated from it because it's too painful for me to look at, I literally hallucinate or generate the world that I see. You know, there's a, a, a really wonderful video. If you haven't seen it yet or if you have, you might want to watch it again on our YouTube channel. And to access it, the, the, the video is called acim Dash. What is the world? What is forgiveness? And it's kind of a, a mini, the 39-minute lesson on the whole process of, or, or actually the lesson, what I consider to be one of the most misunderstood and one of the most important lessons in the Course of Miracles, what is the world? And to access that video, if you go to our website, www.whyagain.org, whyagain.org, and on the right-hand side, you'll see a list of, uh, of media and uh, social media links. The bottom social media link is a little red uh, square with a white arrow in it. You click that arrow, and it will take you to our YouTube channel. Just to look down the list. There's a picture of the blue planet from space. That's the icon beside it. The title of it is ACIM, What is the World? What is Forgiveness? And I believe it's 39 minutes. If you watch that, you'll see this uh, a, a brief unfolding of the lesson, What is the World? And distinguishing between the lowercase world and the uppercase world. So as long as I'm in denial and dissociation, I hide the part of me that feels to blame. I invite somebody in. Somebody comes in, blames me. And when they do, all those brain cells are resonated by their activity, and I literally use those brain cells to build my perception of them. So they now show up in my mind with my problem attached, and I'm sure that it must be their problem. And so I end up getting stuck in a cycle of railing against them because look what they've done to me. And I see what they've done to me in my mind, even though they stand there and say, what are you talking about? It never happened. So the core of canceling or of forgiving that whole cycle is that I need to look at the goal that's driving the whole process in my mind. You remember the Harvard research that says that in a time frame where 10,000 brain cells fire, the max amount of information that comes to conscious awareness that, that is used to build conscious perception is a max of nine bits of data. A very, very tiny piece is what's allowed into conscious awareness. And so when I'm blaming them, I'm going to see as they resonate those brain cells of blame in me, I'm going to see a picture of them through those brain cells. This is why Yeshua 2,000 years ago when they asked him what's most important in all the law that you've taught us, he said, you must have Rachma. He didn't say you've got to love your neighbor, love God as yourself. He said there's a filter, long form of the answer. There's a filter in the frontal lobes of the brain. It's a gateway that allows human life, love, to enter the human form. And it's a filter that inhibits brain cells in the, in the intentional part of the brain, the frontal lobes of the brain, inhibits those brain cells firing that are based in negativity. And as we inhibit those brain cells, the only brain cells that come forward through this condition called RACMA are those based in love. And so when I have that filter set, when I have Rachma set, I will start to perceive based in a connection to love rather than based in some form of hostility or fear. So my denial leads to dissociation. 
dissociation leads to me projecting, that is, making up pictures out of what this person resonates in me when they come and cooperate with my request to be blamed. And I see them as the problem in my life. Canceling the goal collapses that picture. And when the picture collapses in on itself, I now have access to that hidden part of the mind. And with access to the hidden, pained, traumatized part of the mind, I bring that part of the mind forward in the active presence of love. And as I do, that part of my mind begins to dissolve. So the world that I see each time I forgive begins to shift and change. Now, and, and it shifts and changes because of forgiveness. You go back 2,000 years ago and they said to Yeshua, how many times uh, these worksheets do we have to do? How many times do I need to forgive? Is, is seven enough? And his answer in Aramaic was no, 77 times 70. If you've come up in a family system where blame was the name of the game, every time somebody was upset, they turned to somebody else with some kind of a cross voice and talked to them as though that other person was the problem in their lives. If you come from that kind of a family system, then what's going to happen is you're going to tend to play out that blame game until you learn how to collapse perception based in blame. And forgiveness collapses perception based in blame and gives us an opportunity to work through the part of my mind that holds that perception based in blame and that makes up pictures of everything and everybody who's the problem in my life. You know, there's some some good news and some bad news, and I like to deliver the bad news first. There's only one problem in your life, and you're it. The good news is there's one solution in your life, and you're that too. The key is, do you use the tools? Do you say, oh, I know about forgiveness. That's cool. I got it all figured out, and then go on in your blame game, or each time your mind wants to blame, including blaming the person you're looking at in the mirror, do you stop? Do you breathe? And do you engage the forgiveness process? If you have not yet engaged the forgiveness process and you need some support with it, of course, that's the main purpose of this show. And uh, by the way, Roma, thank you. Uh, Jeannie was sharing with me all the, uh, the descriptors that you had sent on the, uh, the show's. That's just awesome to have that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you happen to listen to any more in the archives and make notes, that would be fabulous. But uh, it's great to have that so people can tap into what each show is about. So much, much appreciation for that. And when I, or if you're looking for support with the forgiveness process, if you go once again to the website, whyagain.org, and in the upper left-hand corner of the page, you'll see uh, the words start out and say, start here. First words on the page. Click the start here link, and that will take you through a whole series of links for how to collapse perception based in blame and fear, access the underlying root of the pain and fear, Bring that pain and fear directly to the active presence of love where it dissolves and you're freed from it. It's a most amazing process. So when you click that Start Here link on our website, it'll take you to a whole series of links. The first link is Chapter 24 of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And I'm having this conversation about forgiveness with this character named Richard and walking him through the worksheet. That's the first link. The second link, when you click on it under the Start Here button, you'll see worksheets, the different worksheets that we have. Actually, there's a whole series of things and several that are based in the uh, wake-up sheet, forgiveness process, different versions of it. But the first one is the one we suggest that you start with. And then the third link is a series of radio shows where 
Well, there, there's a variety of them. There's several that we consider to be just kind of like some of the top-notch shows, but there are now, I think, 16 or 17 different shows. Jeannie just added one that Dr. Tim did back on the 15th where he walks somebody through the worksheet process step-by-step step, through the forgiveness process. And so you've got access to at least 16 or I think maybe 17 hours. Each one is a different approach because of course they're different people with different real life problems and every one of them is a real honest to god life experience of the forgiveness process and it is just monumental to listen to those and each one if you really want to build the brain cells for forgiveness listen to those shows and they will walk you through layer by layer by layer those tools those keys to how to change the underlying hidden contents of the mind, the part of the mind that we've all dissociated from through denial. And so that's our, uh, our focal point. And as you listen to those shows and you engage in the forgiveness process, if you need support and assistance, that's the purpose of this show. And so five days a week, an hour a day, one till two o'clock Eastern time, we invite you to dial into the show, give it a listen, and if you have questions or thoughts for us, then please push one on your phone if you're listening in the phone queue. You can uh, also sign in through our website to uh, the chat room, and you can have a, if you register with Blog Talk, which is pretty simple to do, you can be having a conversation through the uh, through the keyboard. So we're here to create all the support that we possibly can. And uh, is Dr. Tim with us today, Jeannie? He is, and he's on. And the show that I put on there was where he walked Jill through doing the worksheet, and it was June the 30th. June 30th, pardon me, okay. Yeah, if cool. there's another one out there, let me know. No, I think that I think that's it, but uh, Tim, maybe you'd share a little bit about that. And or what's exciting in your world? What's on your mind for today? Well, um, I think the thing to share about that show on June 30th is that it was just, um, it's one of those things that just flows. And so I didn't know that anyone would be calling in. I didn't know Jill. I didn't know what her problem was. And I just did what I've watched listen to you do so many times and just go step by step through the worksheet and I think that's one of the most um, poignant parts about it is that there was no deviation, there aren't any special tricks, there's no magic wand it's just reading what's on the worksheet and having Jill answer or fill in the blanks and to witness the shift that she got in her energy, in her emotions, in her physical energy system was magnificent. And that's, you know, there are times when a particular worksheet is deeply moving. Many of them that I do are not nearly as moving. They're much quicker and I feel a little bit more calm, but I don't get any deep insight and and I do those worksheets knowing they're building the foundation for a worksheet like the one Jill did on June 30th. So that's what I would say about that, just so people don't expect that every worksheet is going to be that dramatic and that powerful. But Jill called in, and she was very, very honest and very, very willing and wanting to go deep with an issue that had been bothering her for years. And so she did. She used the, the tool of the reality management wake-up sheet to do just that. And what I would say about that is I am grateful that we have access to that tool so that anybody who picks it up can get similar results. Yeah, and, and Tim, you make a really good point there that anybody can guide somebody else through that worksheet process and be completely successful at it because it simply works. So that's, that's a good point, and what a gift to give people to uh, to offer support to uh, to people to move through those issues that otherwise are pretty elusive. 
and seem to be pretty much impossible. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, an awesome tool. Well, when you said the word elusive, that was part of that worksheet process that was so nice to see that, you know, we we talked about how here it is. The worksheet asks her to specify something that had been right up in her face minutes before, and she went blank, and she couldn't think of it. And we talked about how the mind will try to hide from me its secrets when I go willingly looking to dismantle the the traumas and the and the secrets because I say, you know, I really want a different kind of life. I want a more loving, I want a more compassionate, I want a more balanced, a more productive and creative life. And the part of me that's been running for decades in my own life that likes the drama and the trauma is going to say, well, now, wait a minute. What about us? we got a good game going here. <laughs> it is a game. It's a racket. Yeah, I so said, I don't want to play that game anymore. It it will try to uh, stay alive by hiding its secrets. It is elusive. And yet, if I have the willingness and I keep applying the tool and I'm honest with myself, which is another aspect of that willingness, there are no limits to what I can move through. So, that's my offer. For sure. Cool. Anything happening in the practice today that uh, stands out to share? Well, I, I guess, you know, the theme for today would have to be, you know, don't storm the gates. <clears throat> don't try to get, expect to get done overnight. And don't try to get everything about an issue that's bothered you for 5 or 8 or 15 or 37 years done in one or two worksheets. Uh, what goes along with that from me is being gentle with oneself and being kind to oneself. So, you know, when I start to feel the resistance, I need to face the resistance and keep breathing. And yet I don't need to take on an issue all by myself that involves, you know, deep trauma and loss for the last 20 or 30 years, it's okay to reach out for support. And that's why we talk about the value of the support groups. And it's all, it's okay for me to go slow and assume I can just do two or three worksheets a day for a while and um, have them be on the issues of how somebody, you know, pulled out their checkbook at the checkout station at the grocery store and made us wait in line while they filled out a long hand check or something, I can work on the smaller things and build up to, build my confidence in the tools and my the, the healing power that's within me before I go deep diving into the big stuff. That would be the, my thought for today. Excellent point. Excellent point. Build the strength. Build the brain cells and build the strength. It's definitely a key part of the process. Well, Jeannie, uh, do we have anybody in the uh, chat room that has anything going on for us to be aware of or anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? Nobody has a hand up. Someone in the chat room was saying that they used to tell their kids to not play the blame game. And then the other day, um, one day the youngest one asked, can we play the blame game now? <laughs> I said, kids, you gotta love them. They're so innocent. I mean, it's but that's cute. Yeah, I thought so too. But nobody has their hand up. Um, they asked for an intuitive reading for their son. So, do you want to explain that? When you say that, you mean somebody in the chat room? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I think you might be looking for a different show on this network, on the Angels Network. Uh, we really don't do reading type things. Our work here is about the first century Aramaic forgiveness process and Course in Miracles. So, so it's just not something that we uh, 
we do with this show. And I don't know. There was a, another show that was on the network, but I don't know that it's even running right now. Do you know, Jeannie, if um, if that's happening? I, I don't. I don't think she's back on yet. Okay. So just it's just not the topic of this show. So I apologize, but. If there's anything we can do to support you in terms of forgiveness, and, and in the context of this uh, this work that we're doing on the uh, Mind Shifters Radio, the word forgive is quite different than what the world perceives it as. You know, we live in a world that basically says, and it's a Greek translation and orientation of the first century Aramaic teachings that say, you know, you did something really terrible that caused all this pain inside of me, but it's okay, I'll forgive you. So the idea here is to recognize if I'm in pain or trauma, I'm not in pain or trauma because of what somebody else is doing or what's happening outside of me. I'm in pain and trauma because there's pain and trauma inside of me. And when I learn to forgive, forgiveness in the, in the Aramaic context means remove. So I learn to remove the root of my pain and trauma, and by doing so, I get free of it. And so that's the core of what we're doing. So if there's any way we can support you there, we're just delighted to be here to support you in regard to whatever your perception is of what's going on with your son. So if you want to share any of that and uh, ask for support, we'd be honored to give you that support. In the meantime, our calling number is 646 200 4169. If you're on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel and you'd like to chat with us and ask a question, then the call in number 646 200 4169. When you call in, you'll be listening to the show on your phone. And then if you have a question and you hit one, that will put a little hand up in the phone queue and Jeannie will know you have a question for us. Michael. Yes. They said, can you? Can't you only forgive if the person wants to be forgiven? So we would suggest to anyone that believes that forgiveness has to do with another person that you never forgive anyone for anything, ever, ever, ever. If somebody gets down on their hands and knees and begs you to forgive them, please never try to forgive them. And the reason is because forgiveness isn't about letting somebody else off the hook. So let's say I've got somebody who's begging me to forgive them. They realize they did something that was terrible and awful and and they never should have done it. And they say, please, 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 Michael, forgive me. I would say, no, sorry about that. I'm not going to forgive you. But thanks for being, you know, in regret for what you've done. And I will pardon. I will let you off the hook for that. You know, I'll, I'll, let go of holding you accountable for that. And what you did brought up some pain in me. So now I'm going to engage in true forgiveness. I'm going to apply the tool of forgiveness to relieve myself of my pain. So the world has given us a total fraud around the idea of forgiveness, that it's got to do with somebody else and it's got to do with letting somebody else off the hook. Total fraud. The word forgive means remove. When I feel something that's less than my true nature as love and I apply forgiveness, I will be removing the fear, the hostility, the rage, the guilt, the grief, the pain, the drama, and the trauma so that I am left to experience myself as I am, as this active presence of love that I was created to be. So, much different than what the Greeks have taught us about forgiveness and what most of the world has taught us. You know, the the world's idea of forgiveness is all based in blame. I'll let you off the hook. And we say never, ever, ever do that. Pardon somebody if you choose to, and then recognize that if as a result of their behavior, their behavior has resonated something painful in you, then you go inside yourself with the forgiveness tool and you utilize that to remove your pain so that you are freed of pain and the only thing left is the truth of who you are as the active presence of love. And when you show up in your world as the active presence of love, then your world will begin to transform 
in an instant. So distinguishing between forgiveness and pardoning. Pardoning is not forgiveness. We've been taught to pardon. You know, we've been taught, well, how did that make you feel? Well, you should just forgive them for the fact that you're feeling that way. Excuse me, I'm feeling that way because something inside of me. Yes, they did a behavior that resonated it, but the feeling that's untoward is mine. It's inside my skin. Nobody can reach in my skin and make me feel anything. But if I've got a feeling there and somebody knows how to dial the number, somebody knows the frequency to resonate that feeling, then I'll experience that feeling. But that will be my responsibility, not theirs. And if I choose to live free of that, then I'm going to apply forgiveness to that feeling to rid myself of it. So if in the situation you're talking about, there's some sort of painful feeling in you, remember that forgiveness is about how you remove the painful feeling that you've got, not how you let somebody else off the hook because that painful feeling is moving in you. Hope that makes sense for you. And or if there are any other refinements, ask away. Awesome. In the meantime, we do have a hand up. Awesome. Let's say hello. 905, you're on the air. Hello. Hey there, young lady. Well, Sounds like Michelle. It is. It is. It's scary awesome. that you know my like voice. I hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. It's been around for a while. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> um, I'm having problem getting my head around the blame, and I've done some worksheets, and the blame came up as a real issue with me. Um, I never felt that I was blaming others. I always felt that the common denominator was me. It must be me, so I blame myself as awesome. if I'm not... Um, good enough for doing something right enough, and yet I was trying to always help others. And but then it came out. I guess I was really, in fact, blaming others. And at the end of the worksheet, um, where it says I join with love, I could not get my head around with that. I could not join Michelle with love. That was impossible because the fact that I came to realize I was blaming others, I was sickened and disgusted with myself for that So perfect. And now, last night, I had a dream that took me right back into a real-life situation. Hello? Yeah. Hold on for just a second before before you go on to the dream. Let's let's handle that separately. But but notice that as a result of you being in awareness that you were blaming others, what were your words? Sickened and disgusted. So forgiveness in that context would look like me applying forgiveness to feeling sickened. Me applying forgiveness to disgust so that any sickness that I hold in my structure, I remove. And disgust is another sickness. So I would apply forgiveness to my disgust to remove that so that when I think of myself, I think of myself in pure terms as a a human being made of the stuff called love rather than someone who's a blamer. Right, and that was my surprise. I guess that was a surprise. I never thought of myself or saw myself as blaming these other people. I was, right, I right. saw them having problems, and I was trying to fix it, and I was always crying out, what am I doing or what am I not doing? How can I help? Right. Right? Well, and one of the things that happens, you know, in our Healing Through Relationships workshop, we point out the fact that relationships never die. They have to be murdered. And the way that they're murdered is three little words, you made me. And, you know, you really hit on an important point with what you just said, and that is that you were were seeing people in their pain and trying to fix it. And there's where your self-blame comes from. Most people, and you know what happens oftentimes very early in life, a child sees a parent that's in tremendous pain, And they want to fix it for the parent. 
And so in trying to fix it for the parent, they they really have no clue. You know, the five-year-old doesn't have a clue what's going on for mom and dad, but they try and try and try and they fail. And in failing, they make up several things about themselves. Number one is, of course, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And seeing as how I failed at fixing them, it must be my fault. Right. I'm the one that's to blame for this. Right. When the truth is, those people who are having pain and problems were responsible for their own pain and problems. Just because you couldn't fix it, it wasn't your fault that they were going through what they were going through. But for the average person, when we say to them, you know, you really make me something, then what we resonate in them is their fault and failure. Gee, it's my fault. I'm the guilty party. I'm to blame here. And most people, when you resonate that in them, want to leave relationship. In the the subtle way, you know, sometimes people can blame without ever using the word. The, The subtle way of blaming is to think in these terms. Well, you know, if they would just be different, my life would be okay. Everything would be cool for me. When I think that way, I'm in blame. What I'm saying is that what I'm experiencing inside of me is caused by them, and if they change, I wouldn't have to feel this way. That's the subtle way that blame shows up in the world. Oh, boy, if they'd just be different, then everything would be cool in my life. That uncovers a whole realm of blame within us. And and be careful because hand-in-hand hand with blame is usually guilt. Oh, I'm the guilty party. So remember yes, that's that the reason, Michelle... I would say Michelle, I'm the common denominator. Right? I'm the common denominator. And the reason to uncover these things is so that they can be forgiven, not so that I can beat myself up for it. So once I realize that my subtle thinking of if they would just be different, my life would be better, means I'm in blame. Now I want to apply forgiveness to that. Now that I've caught my mind at that subtle game, I want to apply forgiveness to that so that I can be free of that blame. You're not uncovering it so that you can go into how bad you are. But if you, especially if you got messages from your power person that you were bad or you were wrong or it was your fault, that just reinforces the whole thing and doubles up on the work that needs to be done in order to get free of that. You know, if you remember the day that you held your daughter, the first day she was born, do you remember the first time you held her? Yes. If you tap into... Her essence. Remember, just go back and remember holding her. Tap into her essence at that moment. How would you describe her essence? What word would you use? Gentle, peace, joy, mm-hmm. happiness, innocence. And a whole and a whole bundle of love, right? Right. So that's her true nature. Right. Now, Michelle, being my niece, I can remember, goes back just a few decades ago, (laughs) the first time I held you as a newborn. And what a sweet, awesome presence of love you are. The See, key right is, now my immediate thought is, really? Really, absolutely. 2,000%, Michelle, 2,000%. And that's the truth of you. The single reason for doing this work is for you to get back to you experiencing you as that and removing all the rest. Because all the rest is a lie. Forgiveness is about removing the lie and getting back to the truth of who Michelle is. 
in every word that you just used to describe your daughter. Now, there might be days today where you might not be describing your daughter as that, right? Well, you had a few she's days been a where... teenager, yeah. Now that she's <laughs> a teenager, <laughs> we can forget. <laughs> but the truth yeah, of moments. her... <laughs> yeah, right. But the truth of her as that pure presence of love still yes. lives under all of that junk, yes. that teenage junk that kids go through in this culture. The truth of who you are lives through all that junk that was laid on you as a kid and that you've played out. The truth of you is exactly every word that you just described your daughter as. Okay. And forgiveness now, is about removing everything that's unlike that. Okay. Now, the blame. Am, from what you've heard from my mouth, am I to work on removing blame from me blaming others or me blaming myself for all of this? I don't. That's where I'm having the trouble. I would because suggest you do worksheets uh, in both arenas. Both arenas. Okay. Yeah. When okay. when you hold a thought, this is my fault, that's where, you know, a worksheet would look like, well, I want to think of myself as innocent. Mm-hmm. And then the canceling of the goal, I cancel my need to be seen as innocent. And when you right. do that, that collapses the perception based in guilt or blame and allows you to drop in and heal the root of that. Right, because I think that's where the last worksheet came up and surprised me because I I came to the realization through that worksheet that I was actually in fact blaming others and that was what surprised me and then I was speechless. I couldn't come up with a new vision for myself to put down because I thought, Michelle, how could you blame others? I've blamed myself, yes, but I Mm -hmm. never thought of myself blaming others, you know. Right. I've always seen them as needing help. Yeah, so Uh, that's the place for you to breathe, and that's mm -hmm. the place for you to forgive all those judgments about how Michelle is bad and wrong or anybody else is and just come back to the point where you bring forward the truth of who you are as the pure presence of love. And here's what happens. When you do that, it resonates or stimulates. You know, when your daughter's in that teenage stuff and all the stuff is going on, when you can bring that active pure presence of love and being to her, it will tend to resonate or move the energy of who she really is in her physiology so that she can show up as love too and throw off all those generational patterns of hostility or fear. Right. Right. Okay. And then if I'm not saying words of blame toward them, but just thinking, boy, my life would sure be better if they were different, then I want to look at what would the forgiveness process look, look like in that situation. I want to look at what's my goal? What, what is it in this situation? You know, If they would just be different, my life would be better. What is it I want from them? Well, all I want for them to do is embrace me in love. So now... What we know is, if that, if that were, say, an accurate worksheet for the person who would do that worksheet, and the goal was to be embraced in love, we know that in the file in their mind on being embraced in love, there's some pain and some blame. And right. so by canceling the goal to be loved, that projection collapses, that perception in the mind, that whole world of hostility or fear collapses in on itself and it gives you access to the root of that blame. And when you expose the root of anything that's unlike love to the active presence of love, then that root dissolves and you're freed of it. Yeah, because I always feel like I'm not good enough for love or to be loved or that type of thing. So that's going to be your 77 times 70 worksheet issue. 
because if I've ever known anybody in all my life, in the decades I've known you, that is a space of love and keeps coming forward as that, you're it, girl. You're it. Thank you. Thank you. Right from day one. Wow. And I think back, and I can remember some of your teenage moments, too. Yes. And, and... Through it all, you, I mean, of all people that I know, you've always carried that energy of sweetness and love with you. Well, thank you. And also, you're, you know, I can remember years ago we, we had some conversations about how you were in the computer world and you were working to get computers, used computers, and get them to third world countries so that people who were underprivileged could have computers to use. And, and how your caring and concern was always with others. And I've always admired that about you. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to do that. And uh, actually, I was able to help that gentleman that I was telling you about in London get a computer. Right. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So then but, each I every time I could think of a situation where I'd say, Boy, if if my daughter would be different, my life would be better. If my dad would be different, my life would be better. If my mother would be different, my life would be better. If I would be different, my life would be better. If my spouse were different, my life would be better. In each of those cases I want to look at what's the goal I had for my spouse. Uh, my my father, my mother, myself, my daughter, I want to look at the goal, and that would be step three on each of those worksheets. And okay. each of those worksheets will produce a different result of healing the subtler, hidden parts of your mind until you couldn't think a blame thought about yourself if you tried to, because the energy of blame would be healed in you, would be forgiven. Okay. Now, have you ever had things when you, after you've worked on worksheets after worksheets over your lifetime, had dreams about stuff come up? Absolutely. Like, I guess your unconsciousness, it comes up? Yes, oftentimes we can be taught, and actually in Laws of Living, the course we're going to do uh, that starts toward the end of the month, one of the things we do is talk about dreams and recording dreams. We've actually got a, a dream recording sheet in the Laws of Living course for people to start looking at their dreams and to get the messages that are being given by their dreams. So tell us about what happened in your dream. Well, it was just like a room full of people. And my ex-husband was there, but I was being put down by him and his parents, being suppressed again. And it was like already everybody came to a decision that I was in the wrong against this person. I was being awfully hard on them. And I said, just because he says so. You're not even going to let me speak. And I thought, here mm-hmm. I go again. And uh, and it scared me. But that, I think, came up because of so, that idea of coming to the realization I was maybe putting blame in the wrong spot. Right. And I'm did thinking, it scare you or did it bring up fear? It brought up fear. Because of the control. It it brought up fear. Because he did a lot of... Yeah. Right. So the the reason your dream is showing you fear is because that's probably your next piece of forgiveness work to do, is to forgive that fear. Okay. And so what would forgiveness of that fear look like? Well, what's the situation in the dream? I'm being controlled by them? Yeah, being controlled. Did I understand correctly? Okay. Yeah, controlled so then, and suppressed. Right. So what would your your goal in that situation for them be? To help me, uh, to um, support me or lift me up. Like I felt like I was drowning. Like right. To get my head above water. Mm. 
Yes. So my goal would be to to be lifted to, up. Perfect. To lift yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be the worksheet. So that would be step three in the worksheet. It's just if you've got a worksheet there in front of you, to be lifted up would be an important goal for you then to be canceling. And for those who are listening who perhaps haven't engaged in the first century Aramaic forgiveness process yet, again, the word forgive is shebag in Aramaic. It means to cancel. And what, what we recognize now is that when I load a goal into my mind, that goal recruits certain data from my unconscious to build the world that I see. If there's some form of hostility or fear in that, the way I access, I'm just seeing the tip of the iceberg. You know, psychology is pretty much established that 90 to 95% of our mental processes are unconscious. So I'm just seeing the very tip of the iceberg. And when I cancel the goal, what happens is the tip of the iceberg collapses and I'm able to drop into deeper hidden parts of my mind that I've kept out of awareness. And when I drop into those parts of my mind and bring the active presence of love to it, then those parts of my mind simply heal. That's all. They just heal right there on the spot in an instant. Okay. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. And fit for the process? So just that subtle, boy, if they'd changed my life would be better, is a form of blame. And each case, in each case, to free yourself and forgive the blame, you look at what's the goal you held for them. What did you want them to be doing instead of what they were doing? And that would be step three in the worksheet in each case. And that will open up a huge space of healing in your mind and in your body. Okay. Cool. That helps a lot. That helps a lot. Well, well, I'm delighted to be on the team, and, and did you get to call Julie? I know that she wanted to chat with you again, so if you've got yes, a chance to call her. Yes, I didn't get a her. chance to. I'm going to give her a call. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, uh-huh. anything else we can do to support you, dear heart? Well, the, actually, when you speak of dreams, that's very interesting because I've always been a great dreamer ever since I was younger, and the right. only time I never had dreams is when I first had my brain crisis. And then uh-huh. it wasn't until after my operation I started to dream again, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm alive again. I've been missing my dreams because mm, I couldn't nice. go to sleep and get my dreams because they meant mm-hmm. so much to me. Right. And um, like I said, there was uh, a couple times through worksheets I've had dreams or things come to me during my sleep where I had an aha moment. Right. And like I said, last night was one, and then there have been others. But it's just I was wondering if that's common, people working through worksheets experience that. Absolutely. Oftentimes things open. What I'd suggest you do is you go to a large bookstore, and you find yourself a really nice journal, and you make that Mm -hmm. your dream journal, and you have it beside your bed, and you simply start to record all of your dreams. And as you're doing that, Remember in the worksheet in step 5B, you invite Ruka de Kutcha, that yep. elemental force in you that is there to undo the effects of yours and teach you the truth? There's yep. a space in the dream journal to be asking Ruka to show you the meaning of this and to teach you. And when you become receptive to that, oh, the teaching you will get will be phenomenal. And the whole idea of this work is to connect each person to that teacher directly because that's the the only real true master teacher. Okay. Wonderful. I'll I'll do that and start that as well. Awesome. I will start that. You're very cool. Thank you for your call. We appreciate you. Even for an older person, I don't know if uh, you were told. (laughs) I was talking to Julie. She said that you like basil. And then she said something about you forgot something. I said, well, you know, he's getting older. <laughs> she said, I'm going to tell that. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweetie, we'll talk to you later. That's a love. But you are young and a beautiful person. I love you so very much. And well, I appreciate you and Julie, cherish everybody. you. 
everybody All right. Take that's care. Blessings. part of your team. Love you. All right. Yeah, we've got an awesome team for sure. Blessings. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're down to the last few seconds, so we're going to have to close the show out. Fast hour. And uh, we're starting, let's see, next Monday, nine-day, why is this happening to me again? going to be a very small group. So if you want to come and do some really close, intense personal work, uh, plan to be here Monday at Heartland, Theodore, Ocean, Missouri, and create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.why. A-G-A-I-N dot org.